Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. And George, how do you pronounce the last name? Sorry, make sure I get it right. Van Gansen? Yeah, Van Gansen. Van Gansen. Okay. Okay, let's get started here. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And we have a very special guest today, George Van Gansen from Scorpion Power Systems. Hi. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Uh, awesome. This is episode number 94, Scorpion Power Systems. All right. So first, let's try to get to know George for those folks that might not know who George is. Uh, George, so how long have you been into the hobby? I've been in the hobby since uh, 1973. Ooh. Wow. Wow. I have a motorcycle that was born in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even a thought in 1973. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, do you only fly helicopters or do you also fly planes or multi-rotors? I did try multi-rotor about two years ago, but uh, that didn't last very long. It was kind of boring. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I fly airplane and uh, I fly helicopter, and I also uh, race uh, RC touring car. Oh, nice! Oh, wow! So, is that what you started with, George? The cars, or what did you start? No, with? I, start, I started with uh, control line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Wow. I flew control line uh, in the beginning, and then uh, been flying control line uh, speed F two A FAI speed. Wow. Oh, wow. And, uh, Does that make you dizzy? <laughs> well, it, I guess uh, when 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 you first try control line, yes, you do. I mean, for the first few flights, but mm-hmm. afterward, afterward, I think you get used to it and you don't you don't feel anything. Uh, because, I mean, you, you're technically constantly looking at your model, right? Um, yes. Flying around in a circle. So the world is spinning, but your model is kind of static in your view. Yes, more or less. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, okay. Do you have have you ever done any of the control line stunts where they do the loops and flips and stuff like? Sure, of course. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask him when you started out. Was it one control surface like the elevator, and that was it when you started in the seventies? Uh, you mean uh, for control line? Yeah. Yeah, control line's only elevator. Yeah, control line is only elevator. Oh, I thought they could uh, actually do more. I thought you could do something else with that. I guess uh, not. you kind of crank the motor and you let go of the plane and it goes in the circle. control the <laughs> throttle or something. Some scale model has a third line for throttle, but mm. that's very rare. In general, it's only just two line and uh, yeah. you, you control the elevator. Oh, yeah, you're okay. basically pulling or pushing the elevator. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so what got you interested in the hobbies back then? <laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I've, I have always been fascinated for anything that flies uh, since I was really, really small. I mean, mm-hmm. when 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 I was six or seven, no six, yeah, I tried to strap on some cardboard on my on my arm. Yeah. To, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Um, on the same year, I got a little toy uh, with. Uh, uh, it was a, a little plastic plane <clears throat> with foam wing and. Uh, and a handle and a handle that has battery inside so you could you could basically fly it around 
uh, around you, just like a control line, but with no control surface. Just You just control the, the electric motor in the handle, and there is like a steel wire who is turning uh, the prop on, on the plane. Mm -hmm. I was... Yeah, I was six or seven years old when I got that. Wow. wow. I was totally, totally into anything that flies. Right. Oh, awesome. After uh, that, uh, after that, I was uh, playing with a uh, rubber band glider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I was 12 years old, I bought my first uh, control line model. Awesome. Yeah, I remember the rubber band gliders. I remember having a lot of fun with those in the summertime. Yeah, it, that 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 was how I, I started basically on building things. Uh, you know, at that time it was still bamboo and wood and paper. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, so I've been in the, in the hobby since then. I mean, uh, never stopped. Been flying control line speed, control line stunts. After that, mm -hmm. I, went, I, I bought a radio, so I was flying radio control. Um, then I flown uh, pylon racing. Oh wow! Helicopter, boat, car—basically anything radio control. Nice. Uh, anything you can find in the hobby, I, I, I think I, I have played with it. <laughs> That's great! Awesome. So, so what do you have in your fleet then? Because you must have quite a collection, huh? At the moment, being I have uh, some Logo Six Hundred, uh, Logo Six Ninety, Logo nice. Seven Hundred Extreme, Logo Seven Hundred, Logo Eight Hundred. I have Gao EX7, I have uh, TDR2, I have the original TDR, I have the mm -hmm. TDV, I have uh, the Uvula, wow. what else? I have Diablo S, I have quite a few, I mean, I'm I, I probably, you know, it's like, uh, it's never enough, it's just sure. like <laughs> my wife, you know, there's always something missing. <laughs> uh, so so out of your fleet what's your favorite what, what's your go-to bird well it depends it depends what i want to fly um, mm -hmm. um how i want to fly i mean uh, i love to to fly speed so uh yeah my favorite speed helicopter <clears throat> at the moment is a tdr2 because it's really easy to handle mm -hmm. and it's uh it's very solid sure yeah and, hence that makes a great helicopter if I would just want to relax and fly around, I have uh, the Logo 700, which mm -hmm. I fly normal head speed. And then I have the Logo 690, where I fly at really low head speed. Well, really low. Uh, it's relative. But um, my, my Bank 1 is 900 RPM. My Bank 2 is 1,200. And my Bank 3 is uh, 1,850. Wow. Okay. That's close yeah. to what you run on yours, right, Kevin? That's, yeah, I was going to say we're brothers just about with 690. <laughs> I, I, I'm recently been down to 900 on bank one and now I'm 1400 and then 1900. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the, this, just the way it sounds and the way it moves around at 900. Fair yeah. scale. It, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to fly slow and still try to do some, you know, simple flip and roll. Uh, that RPM, so you you need to have really fast and really good uh, collective management. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and it, it's impressive because I've I've had other pilots go. There's no way, you know, you're you're flying around like that, and, and then they're amazed when you can actually, you know, do some flying with it at that yeah, speed. Yeah, flip it and hover it and do moves. Yeah, 
It's cool. Yeah, plus uh, you, at that kind of RPM, I mean, you, you easily can have over 15 minutes of flight time using a regular pack. Yeah. Now, have you tried a 6S battery in that? Uh, or you stick with 12S? I, I'm using 12S, uh, but since uh, I can go really low uh, on RPM with my speed controller, so I don't need to use 6S. Right. Okay. The the RPM range of our controller is uh, much larger than uh, the other speed controllers, so I don't need to do that. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, all right, and we have, uh, let's get a one, one last question here. What, what kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? <laughs> Shit, <laughs> shitty pilot. <laughs> no, no way. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. I play like shit. I crash all the time. You crash all the time? Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't say anybody that has a TDR2 and a uh, original TDR is a shitty pilot, though. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's, that's the that's first impressive. time I've ever had someone just say flat out like <laughs> a shitty pilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's funny. Oh, uh, boy. I'm, I'm sure you can probably stop fly us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a typical Sunday flyer. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's kind of us too. That's both we, us, yeah, yeah. I think Kevin, Kevin brands it. Kevin and Phil, they brand it as like that old man 3D kind of, you know, relaxed and and not so like crazy and all over the place, smacking and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I can't do that at all. I mean, uh, I fly helicopter basically like flying airplane. I fly forwards. I don't okay. fly, but okay. Yeah, oh, that cool. that's about sums it up. Anything <laughs> backward is out of the question. I try to fly as much backwards as possible now. And then and then when I fly forward, I'm like, ooh, this feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, uh, if there's one thing you would tell someone new in the hobby to do and not to do, what, what would that be? Hmm. Well, we, we, we get into this hobby uh, for one very simple reason is because we like it. So have fun. That's the most important part. Have yeah. fun and your friends. Yes, totally. Uh, what not to do? Well, try to crash a bit less. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Easier uh, said than done. Sometimes <laughs> having fun and the second and and the thing the the things uh, not to do is uh, do not treat your model like a toy. I mean, it can be dangerous. So safety is paramount. Sure, that's true. I see a lot of people, they, especially in helicopter, when they are flying so close to themselves, and that's really dangerous. So fly away from yourself and from other people. That's the most important part of safety. Yep. Anything can fail. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's a complex machine, and you know, if something happened and you lose control of it or you sl- your fingers slipped or... Uh, Anything is possible. Yeah. A ball that yeah. pops off, that's it, you know? Part of it in your helicopter potentially can fail for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so don't fly too close to yourself or other people. Yep, totally agree. So how's your week been, Kevin? My week's been pretty good, man. Not bad at all. Got to do some flying. Uh, nice. Unfortunately, our, our club picnic got canceled once again because yep. the Trumpinators in New Jersey 
And uh, as Chloe would say, a TFR, <laughs> a Trump flight restriction. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I missed the I missed the hanging with the guys, man. I missed the field. But you know what? Even though we made the best of it, we went up to our alternate space and uh, mm-hmm. Muse came up, and yep. I I had a great time. I I've been I've been finding for me the secret lately is to just bring a couple models and just go up there and not push yourself. Just relax enjoy you know, it enjoy the day really yeah you know fly hang out talk mm-hmm. um and you might push yourself a little like okay you know you're, you're trying to perfect this move so you might do the move over and over again yeah. but it's like it's not like I, I i get what you mean like it's not like you're like oh i gotta try to impress someone or try to push harder and do something more you know yeah it's not like shut up kevin i gotta go fly you know it's like we're just we ha- we're it's like we're more like hanging and and having a good time and uh-huh. and getting some flights in like I I jumped up a few times when nobody was flying. Yeah, I, I think I went a couple of flights back to back too. I was like, oh, no one's up. Well, I'll just put another battery yeah. in and go. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's been really been cool lately, like that. Yeah, I mean, I got to fly. I flew the Sport and I brought six ninety and I brought a couple of planes I haven't flown in a long time. I I brought the Kunai out and she the told me I would have brought mine too. Yeah, I I just I looked up at the last minute and I grabbed it. I was like, oh, I'll just grab that. Yeah, <laughs> off the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean everything's flying pretty good. The six ninety, you know, Devin flipped the belt on me and I got kind of got that all back together and that thing was flying good and having some good flights with that. Just really Dude, enjoying. You're telling that. it with that six ninety, man. I'm having some fun with it. Yeah, I'm really getting the pyro flips down, dude. Like, and and I'm I'm kind of noticing like you're saying. Like, I'm not just going through the motions. I'm kind of understanding, like, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of controlling it a little bit more. Sure. You know what I mean? You're, you're timing. You're controlling your timing better. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say you have full control, but I think you're still doing muscle memorization of, like, upright and, you know, like like the rainbow, right? The, the two sticks kind of go up and then out. Yeah. That motion. Um. No, but I agree with that. But you're able to like, oh, that tail was a little bit too quick, so it looks sloppy, or maybe I went into the negative collective too early. So you're you're fixing your timing. Yeah, or I'm not, or my tail's too slow. I noticed right. on a couple of them, I was like, I, you know, I, I just just hold the rudder a little more as I'm yeah. doing it. So you stop and you do it, and you give a little more rudder um, movement, and yeah, you're getting it. You're like figuring it out. You're you're it's starting to click in your head. I can see it. Yeah, and I I'm I'm doing it with the oxy the same exact way. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool yeah yeah the little sport was doing it yeah so uh it was a good day man and um i don't think i did much last night but uh tonight i was working on that that used nitro plane that i bought i was working on recovering the wing i kind of did the, the the clear cellophane or the clear red on the the wing ribs and then did a little uh-huh. like window reveal like uh yeah, the transparent red in the middle of the wings where you see all your the ribs of the wing and then and then you did the uh, window reveal. I'm killing myself because I'm you, thinking of... Uh, what are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Power Woman's boobs where she's got the just the costume with the big <laughs> hole in it and all you see is her boobs. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Well, anyway. I can't get that out of my head now. Sorry. So how's your week been? Do, do you need a moment? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, we flew on Sunday, you know, with you and and Muse. Um, I probably got like a like about ten flights in, I think, or some or somewhere around there. I flew. Yeah, you flew quite a bit. I, I flew the uh, Oxy two, whatever four batteries I have or whatever I have on that. 
Um, I did notice I had a couple of batteries for the Oxy 2 that were like from, I don't know, three years ago. That were oh, like for, for like, I think it was for my original Align 250 DFC. It was like an 803 cell. And I was like, oh, I found these batteries. I'm like, let me charge them up. And, you know, so I have more batteries for the, uh, for the Oxy 2. Since I don't bring a charger to the field anymore. I stopped doing that. I, I haven't done it in the last like month now. I don't bring a charger to the field. So I just charge everything and go. And, oh, man, those, uh, it was one's a nanotech and one was a pulse. Um, <laughs> the pulse was, like, tired. Let's just say when I was charging it, I was like, I'm curious. Let me see what the IRs were. They were, oh, like, boy. 45, 50, 50. <laughs> like, it was insanely high. I was like, okay, eh, let's try it. And the nanotech, surprisingly, was around, like, 15, 20. Um, internal resistance. So it wasn't actually uh, that bad. Um, because when you're talking about these small batteries, internal resistance kind of high, anyways. Um, but yeah, I noticed a big difference between that and like two packs that were pretty fresh. Like I think I might have had, I don't know, maybe ten cycles on each, and like there was like punch. Like I would give it, I would pop it, and it just pop. It would go. It wouldn't just go pop and, and sag. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. That, so that was interesting to see the, the difference of like tired batteries and new batteries, like, you know, back to back. Like I went back to back flights with those. Um, then I did four flights on the Black Thunder. I'm loving I'm, I'm it's so funny because I'm Mr. Headspeed here and I'm like at all at like, oh, my God, this 1300 RPM flying. In. And I, I know I scared you a couple of times <laughs> flipping a little too low and. You know, well, yeah, I think it was your last flight. Late. <laughs> yeah, because because I I've been doing that fourteen hundred on on the six ninety, so I know what's safe for me. So when I saw you like go into that last flip, way yeah. below my safe zone, and now you're inverted and then you're flipping again to get upright, I was like, oh my god, yeah, it's just not enough collective, not enough collective timing, I'll say, because you know, I I have enough pitch that I probably could I could have hopefully stopped it without bogging the motor completely, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm loving it though. It's like every time I'm, you know, I'm averaging ten, nine to ten minute flights. Yeah. I still do my crazy 3D stuff at you know 2200, but then I'll slow it down and I'll work on, you know, these. Uh, I, I don't know what I call it. It's basically, um, I'm working on my flips. I'm working on my like I don't just normally I just front flip front flip front flip I'm I'm a big front flip person I don't like to back flip too much I feel like I'm front flips are safer because I'm tail in and I'm pushing the hell away so you know after a while that's all I ended up doing is front flips but now when I'm doing it's front flip front flip front flip back flip you know I'll be inverted you know nose in and I'll flip right or left and I'll kind of learn that like okay i'm inverted nose in so it's gonna be opposite obviously when i turn my when i roll out of it but it's good to know and, and just practice that so i've been doing a lot of that practice and having yeah, a great time with it it's fun yeah you're doing good man you know I'm, my my latest thing is you know flying towards yourself nose in and then rolling and then doing a punch out which i really like the way the helicopter looks doing that maneuver um and so i've been having fun kind of getting that to like look cooler and and little like you know i'll pop it it'll be like a big collective pop you know when i when i pop it inverted i'm trying to keep it on the same axis or same flight line but then you know do like a like a big punch out and you know blades making all sorts of funny noises 
But um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, what else? I brought the seven six six out. That's been a while since I've flown that. I did yeah. I had two packs, so I flew the two packs, and and that. Guess what? I turned the head speed down to thirteen hundred on pick one. So oh, no, I was like, did you? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't increase the collective uh, pitch, which I did on the Black Thunder, which I'm gonna do next time I fly. So I do want to increase it, like probably about a half a degree to a degree, um, positive negative, to to be able to handle the low head speed, um, and give it the same feeling as high head speed, like collectively. You know, that's you know how fast the heli moves up and down and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. And then I had the 600 Nitro, and I had a great time with that. I just I only flew one tank, but I did about ten autos on it. Out of the ten autos, I was I did about six or seven approaches on power to to get my spotting down and figure out like where I need to where I want to be. Um, and then I did probably about you know four or five. So I might have done more than ten, but four or five actual autos were like. As soon as I move forward and I'm up, you know, whatever I'm up at 200 feet, I would just go motor idle or motor off and, and come down. Uh, I had to bail out once or twice because I was like, ooh, that's that angle is really wrong. When I see the smoke going straight up and the helicopter's going straight down, I have no forward movement. I'm like, oh, no, no, I, I got to I gotta bail out of that one, you know, so I, I did do that. But it was good. I, I kind of was – what I noticed is I'm starting to see what a good auto, good auto angle or angle attack from an auto looks like, so okay. that I know that if I'm doing it wrong, right off the bat I could just bail out and, and or I could try to fix it, you know. So so that's like I'm training my brain on autoing and what it's supposed to look like, um, so that way I could totally mess it up and try to invert it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You must have did that off the, after I left because I didn't see you. Yeah, that was 600. after you left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stayed probably about uh, two hours after you left. Oh wow. And yeah, and basically I was helping Muse out uh, quite a bit. He brought his N7 out. Initially, yeah, I was, we, we I was there off. for a you know, part of that helping. Yeah, the beginning part. So initially we took off and his motor started fine. It was it hovered fine. Um, but as soon as I did a pitch pump or like, you know, to see how the motor is actually running, it would just, the tail would kick out 90 degrees. I'm like, what the hell's going on? There's no reason this Neo should be kicking the tail out that much. You're like not have that tail authority. Didn't matter what head speed I was running, all the head speeds just did that, which I think it was like 17, 18, 19, you know, um, and some numbers, 1940 or 1960. But, um, yeah, we were looking at his heli, and you saw this part. It was kind of like his tail wasn't set up right. It was like one direction all the way, the other direction none all the way. It was yeah. like a couple of millimeters. It's like, ooh, no, that's rough. So, but we did get that squared away. We, we moved out a, what did we do? We moved out a ball position on his servo arm. To give him a little more uh, resolution, give him a little more throw, I should say, less resolution, but more throw. You cranked out the uh, the links too. Yeah, yeah, we to had even to things extend up. the um, the main link from the servo arm to the um, the lever that goes towards the back of the heli, or uh, well, back of the frame, I'll say. But we got that kind of centered. Um, we did have an issue with his uh, tail rotor shaft. Kind of got that. It was it just didn't have a shim on it, so we shimmed it out, and that was good. And then I flew it, and dude, that thing flew freaking awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I mean, I was like, okay, you know, the tail's holding. I go full collective, vroom, just straight up. Nice thick, nice smoke coming out of the muffler. Straight up, good power. I could probably lean it out a little more, but I was like, no, let's let's keep it like this for Muse. You know, I want him to. I want that engine to last. I want him to. 
you know, he doesn't need all that power yet. Yeah. Everything seemed fine. I'm like flipping it, inverted, flip it. Okay, that feels good, you know. I'm like, I did a funnel, I did a hurricane. I was like, okay, it's holding. Everything looks good. The mid looks good. Um, so, yeah, I flew the crap out of it, and that was awesome. What what did I do after that? Yeah, then then we kind of he didn't he didn't want to fly. It. He's like, okay, you know that's cool. It works. Everything's good. Let me just you know calm down. And he wanted to fly his protos, so he was flying his protos. And I noticed like right off the bat, he would like hover, and then start doing TikToks. You know, I'm like, and then he started flying around, and he does he does he's like one of those the uh, he's one of those newer heli pilots that I noticed that do a lot of like they go one one direction, so right to left, they go up, stall turn, come back. Go up, stall turn, come back, go up, start. And I'm like, well, can you do a, a circuit? You know, can you fly a figure eight or fly in a circle? And he's like, no, 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 it's too scary. So I actually, standing next to him, I was giving him basic pilot instructions. So, you know, I would say, okay, take off, go right, and act like it's a plane. You're forward flight. So you're going to bank left. You're going to give a little throttle or collective. And you're going to pull on your elevator. And you're going to whip it around. As soon as the helicopter was found, level it. And level the helicopter. Because he would keep the helicopter pitch forward in the turn. What a lot of people do. They end up like sliding the tail out and keeping the, the nose down almost. Yeah. yeah. And, then they, and then they give. And then like at that point, the helicopter either starts to drop altitude or it gets really fast because you they end up adding a lot of collective. So they, they figure they add more collective, it's, it's not going to fall out of the air. But what it ends up doing is then it starts to go skyrocketing. Like it's, it starts to yes. bullet across the sky. Yep. And, and at that point, you get nervous. You know, Then you start figuring like, oh, you kind of doubt your, your, your orientation or something. So I was like, dude, every time you do a bank turn, you come out of the bank, you level off and level the helicopter. You have enough forward momentum that even with the helicopter that's perfectly, you know, parallel with the ground, it'll still move forward. And right. you know, and I say, okay, do do now. Let's do figure eights, right? Because that's always flying away from you, so it's more comfortable for pilots to, um, to have forward flight and fly away, turn away from you, so it's less chance of like that that anxiety and fear of oh shit, the helicopter's coming and hit me. So so you know, I I, I was instructing him on that and showed him like. Okay, you know, like you're you're giving not enough tail. Like your tail's dropping, and you're compensating with your your aileron, and it's just not working. It's not looking smooth. So I kind of worked with them on that and got them to to fly good figure eights. And then I was like, all right, when you're coming from left to right, and you start doing your bank left hand turn, just continue doing the bank left hand turn. Just just hold your sticks. Trust the helicopter that it's gonna keep on moving. If you get scared that it's gonna come at you. Just give a little bit more elevator down, and it'll just pull away from you. Like it'll just turn sharper. And sure enough, he started doing circuits. Nice. He started doing circuits, and then I was like, "Okay, go back to figure eights because you don't want to forget what you just learned too." You know, like you don't want to just concentrate on one move, like like I did with, you know, learning pure flips or pure flips or something. Like I just learned to do it in one manner. Um, and never really gave thought about it. So I got the muscle memorization down, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you know, you bring up something interesting though, because I, I noticed that right off the bat when I went from planes to helicopters, that the helicopters definitely required you to pull back on the elevator more than you, definitely more than you did on a plane. Cause a plane yeah. half throttle, you get the elevator kind of set and, you know, you little coordinated turns. Yeah. Sure. Here and there, you know, you little rudder, but I noticed that definitely more on the helicopter when you came around. 
like exactly like you said, you had to pull back on that elevator or else you were either going into the ground or you were screaming fast. Yeah. Like that's what I, I used to get. I used, I used to do the screaming fast maneuver until I figured out, oh, right. geez, I got to pull back. And it's, it's a, and you know, it's stupid to say, but it's exactly the same thing when you're inverted. You just got to push the elevator in the other direction. Yeah. And that's, and that's something a- people forget when they start mm-hmm. to do first inverted and listen to me. Like I know yeah. what I'm talking about. No, but that's what it is, though. It's, and, you know, because, you know, you're like you're, you're trying to go around and you're not noticing that the helicopter is pitched like that. Right. Um, It's going to fall out of air or you're going to go super fast. And when you go super fast, it makes you nervous because yes. especially for a big 700 helicopter that costs a couple thousand dollars and you put all this money and time into it. And you're like, holy crap, I don't want to crash. I don't want to crash. I don't want to hit myself. I don't want, you know, like, <laughs> you know, all this goes to your mind, like super fast, subconsciously that you end up dumb thumbing it or you end up doubting your orientation or doubting the helicopter or doubting you so you turn around and yell out help 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 <laughs> well at least that was really high up and far so that was like you had <laughs> time to actually turn around and say hey the, i need some help here <laughs> those thoughts that you just said really didn't run through my head you know oh it's a 700 helicopter it's really expensive my thought was Damn it! This is my favorite helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally think I said that. Sure, and and uh, currently, I think that's uh, that's Muse's favorite uh, helicopter like, oh, too. He man. loves that Protoss. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's well, like that's, that's good that he's flying that man, and the uh, yeah. yeah, and that that's that's awesome, dude. And you know, you see, you need you need times like we got. I mean, take it as it is, you know, well, yeah, we can't fly with all the guys and stuff, but it's like a less busy airfield. There's just the three of us. So you uh-huh. can get that one-on-one a little bit. You sure. Know? Yeah. So I'm sure he benefited from that. I mean, I do when, when we're just hanging and, and you know, I can bounce yeah, a couple bounce, questions off. Bounce questions or like, how do, how do you do that maneuver? You know? And I was trying a couple of new maneuvers that day too. So yeah, I learned stuff from him this weekend as far as nitro planes go. Like he, he's, way more experienced than me in nitro planes like all right you got you got a motor and you got a tank like i'm and i before you even started filling it up i was like well now how do you fill that and he's like you pull this tube off and you pull that tube off and i'm like okay i i guess that makes sense but i never saw anybody do it so and the yeah. guys at our field have more sophisticated setups where yeah they have fill fill lines where they can uh yeah on the side of the plane they can like plug in and fill up i i did mine like a helicopter i have a t and a, and a pinch uh, thing. Yeah, so I've I seen could, guys do that. Yeah, I could yep. pinch off the, the fuel line to the carb, but then I, you know, that three-way filter, I use an alarm filter. <laughs> that filter yeah. goes right to the uh, the gas, you know, the nitro tank, so I could fill up that way. And if I go too far, sure, I get a little nitro coming out of my muffler. Who cares? That's not a big deal. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so overall, it was a great day of flying. Um and I like it. I, I I do like, like I said. I know you're. You know, it's it's definitely awesome to get all the guys and hang. And but it's really nice when you have a small group where you can kind of relax and still get tons of flights in and help each other and just kind of progress the hobby that way. Yeah. Um, just sometimes, yeah. sometimes at our field it gets kind of crazy. It's like, you know, you do a flight and then there's like, you know, a couple of plane guys go up and then you you know you're waiting and and you'll be chatting and talking, which is which fills the gaps, which is nice. But um, I don't feel like we can, like, really develop our, our skill and try something new or or just relax and, you know, kind of comfortably fly um, without feeling any type of pressure or anything. So, Yeah, I, I agree. And, yeah, there's a lot of squirrel moments when, when we all get together too, you know, at the field. Sure, yeah. 
someone busts out a new holiday or a new plan, you're like, ooh, what's that? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You know? And next thing you know, you're like, oh, shit, I got to go. And I've flown twice. <laughs> next thing you know, you're on, you know, the the internet. How much is that helicopter? How much is that plane? Yeah, That's what yeah, I did. Exactly. I start, hmm. Yep. Right. The main topic here. So Scorpion Power Systems. Now, how did you come up with Scorpion Power Systems? It's just like one day it was like, I need to build a motor. <laughs> you know, how does how does that work? It's a, it's a funny story, actually. Um, I've been flying uh, glow fuel uh, nearly the entire time I was uh, flying radio control models or, or mm-hmm. car. Um, but in 1999, uh, I started flying electric. I had a friend at the time, uh, well, he's still a friend now, but he's no longer in the business. Um, he was... Uh, the owner of a big electric uh, and servo company, okay, and so he was uh, he was quite famous at the time uh, building small electric airplanes, and um, he was kind of a pioneer in electric flight. Uh, the company is uh, GWS, I suppose you sure, know. yeah, yeah, I've heard of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so. Um, from 99, uh, I started flying brushless uh, electric-powered models, and uh, was a lot of problem at the time. And I was flying uh, pylon racing, so even more problems since it's mm-hmm. all, all you know you, you push your your equipment to the limit. And uh, so every time when I meet him, I will talk to him about uh, he should start to develop uh, something in brushless, uh, and he didn't he didn't really had any interest, I guess, at the time. And after four or five years, he got sick of me every time talking about brushless with him. <laughs> my main business is uh, we we do corporate gift and trinket, and we, we, we basically work on metal. We do injection, we do casting, uh, we do stamping, we do printing, etching. We use all kind of... Uh, metal material to to make mm-hmm. things and so he told me you know you're a stupid middle guy you don't know anything about electronics so please don't think it's easy and um, it's not as easy as you think sure and i thought you know if you put enough resources in whatever project you want to make there is no reason that you can't succeed in making something as long mm-hmm. as you have resources and you as a company with a fairly good size, you, you should have all the resources. And he said, well, no, it's impossible. It's not that easy. I said, well, okay, let's have a bet. <laughs> Give me 12 months and I'll put enough resources to develop a set of speed controller and motor that can put on your phone plane uh, with a reasonable price where you can sell it and with a reasonable performance where it will fly your model and... Uh, if I can do that, well, you will have to buy from me. There you go. I will supply you all the all the motor and speed controller you need, and uh, you will have to buy from me exclusively. And if I can't do it within 12 months, well, for the rest of your life, when you come to my place uh, in Hong Kong, your hotel, your meal, everything will be paid by me. Nice. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> That's how it happened. And uh, 11 months and 10 days later, I shipped Woo. my 1,000 motor and 1,000 speed controller to him, which was 
totally suitable for, for his airplanes and uh, was a price that uh, was also very reasonable at the time. I think the motor, the street price of the motor was $15 and uh, the speed controller was like $25 or $30. That's not bad. No. no. So, yeah, that's how, how it all started. Wow. So your first motor in ESC, what, what size were those? I'm just curious. Like That was you know, a 205. Sorry, what was it? It was a 2205. 2205? It was a 35 amp speed controller. Okay. Wow. Awesome. You said you had your other company. So so when was Scorpion Power System? When was the birth of that? Like what year did that come out where, you know, once you, I guess you won your bet <laughs> and then, you know, did you just at that point say, hey, you know, I guess I could continue this side business and grow bigger? Scorpion is originally uh, founded and started in 1987. Okay. And uh, uh, our first product at the time was Glowplug. Okay. Really? Okay. So we evolved, eventually evolved into making other things, uh, and uh, business have, has been growing, I mean, pretty, pretty good. And uh, we stopped the Glowplug business back in early 1990s where we didn't have the time to, to work on anything related to hobby anymore. And uh, so we were in other business. And, uh, but we started making motors of back uh, in, we started development in 2005 and we, we, ship, we ship our first shipment to GWS uh, at the end of 2006, and uh, I started uh, my own brand uh, early 2007. 2007, January, uh, was the first time we showed our motor uh, at the AMA show in California. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. Scorpion, the company that's known now for helicopters motors, their first motor was for an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. Like A lot of people probably don't realize that. Yeah, well, we started with airplane motor because that was what the market was demanding. And then uh, mm-hmm. but that uh, the first helicopter motor was the HK-22 series that we made. And uh, that was, I think, also probably 2008 or two or end of 2007. Uh, we started making, <clears throat> de- developing that motor. And uh, when we were testing it, uh, we started to see that most of the most of the 450 size helicopter at the time, so using a 325 millimeter blade helicopter, mm-hmm. um, the motor was very weak actually, and uh, it was not very powerful. So we made the first uh, the first motor for that class of helicopter, and it was a huge success because uh, there was nothing else on the market that was comparable. And mm-hmm. from there, we started uh, developing motors for the 500-class helicopter and then for 700-class helicopter, and it just went on. Right, grew from there. Now, when I had more my 450, I was running a 3S battery pack in that because, like you said, it wasn't really able to handle much more mm-hmm. than that. Uh, was the Scorpion motors, could they handle a 4S or 6S uh, back then, or was it still 3S? In the beginning, it was 3S, <clears throat> and um, eventually people started using higher voltage. But at the time, we have the <clears throat> HK2221-6, which mm-hmm. was uh, uh, 4,400 kV, so it was very powerful for 3S. Right, yeah. right. So we had the Dash 8, which was uh, 3,006 or 3,700 kV, more or less. 
And so that was a 3S or 4S motor. Okay. Yeah, nice. And we had batch 10, which was 2,000 kV, and people even use up to uh, 2,000 something kV, and people use up to 5 or 6S on that motor. And wow. we developed the, the, yeah, the 2010 kV, and that one was a, was a, a pure 6S motor for 450. Okay. Wow. A lot of options for the 450 then back then. Yeah. So with, with your motors, you use an, a labeling system of HK. What what is that? Does that stand for something or is it just something you like, eh, let's put an HK2, HK3? Like, well, you know? uh, originally the HK uh, was uh, meaning high KV. High KV, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. The normal was uh, S, the, the airplane was... Uh, nor, the, the airplane one is the S series, which we call standards, and uh, mm. then we have the high KV for helicopter. Oh, okay. So when you're when you're making your motors, right, and you know, obviously, other companies start popping up here and there, and and you know, what what was kind of like your main struggles to keep your motors running better, more competitive than your competition? I think my uh, first of all, uh, for me, this is more for fun than for profit. Mm -hmm. uh, my core business is doing really well and I really don't need the money from the hobby side. And uh, one of the big big advantage uh, that Scorpion has uh, compared to any other uh, motor company is that we have our own metal processing facility. And so I can Apart from the magnet that, and bearings that I, I need to buy from uh, other people, anything mm -hmm. um, else uh, can be done in-house, uh, starting from making the tooling for the stator or stamping of the, uh, of the stator, making the CNC parts, uh, the, the surface treatment, assembly, everything can be done in-house. Uh, wow. we, <clears throat> we have our own CNC, we have our own wire cutting machines, uh, uh -huh. we, we have everything uh, in terms of machinery to 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 do metal work, right, so, right. So uh, for me to make a new prototype, um, I can make a prototype faster than people can do simulation uh, on a magnetic circuit six simulation on 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 a computer. Oh, interesting! Yeah. Wow, you can actually have it in your hands quicker. Right. Instead can, of doing it all simulated, you could actually just create the prototype and test it in live. Yes. That so, is amazing. Okay. When people are still, the other people are still doing uh, their simulation calculation, I'm already testing a prototype. So I can do 30 prototypes in a month if I want. Wow. And so this, this, kind, of, uh, this kind of prototyping capability uh, is non-existence in any other motor manufacturer for the hobby. Okay. And so I think that's the biggest advantage uh, is that not only we do calculation, we do simulation, but everything is actually tested and retested and so we can refine a design uh infinitely much faster than any other manufacturer mm -hmm. well other manufacturers have to have to uh calculate on their cost and their cost of development or whatever i just put everything into my own my core business and for me it doesn't doesn't cost that much because everything is done in-house right right you're not waiting for vendors or you know, waiting for things like raw supplies to kind of come in, like you kind of have it already there. That's awesome. Plus, uh, we have uh, 
some of the brightest people in, in electric motor design uh, in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, who is helping us to design and prove and, and test. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really big advantage uh, to have a, a, a big group of people who is helping you and uh, constantly feeding you with uh, new design idea or new theories and new materials and things like this. Speaking of new materials, um, have you ever heard of a 3D printed brushless motor? I did see one uh, on YouTube. Some time ago, there was a, a people talking about a stator material, which is basically a cast material instead of a stamp uh, sheet. Okay. So it's um, it's kind of a plastic material that has some uh, mag magnetic par particles uh, embedded in it. And uh, it's conductive, uh, com so it's not like normal plastic. However, the the density, the energy density of those uh, material is much much lower right. than uh, what we are currently using uh, as a traditional uh, silicon steel or cobalt steel that we use. So it can be those kind of manu uh, those kind of electric motor are suitable for low power application, but definitely not for high power application yeah okay. they're not running 44 volts or anything or anything no no um so i know uh you had your commander series escs and then you you know what was the drive that that got you to start developing your tribuna series the the speed controller um, development started uh, right in the beginning of the company mm -hmm. and we have been continuing to to develop uh uh, speed controller, especially in the high voltage, uh, like 12 or 14S, uh, mm -hmm. it has, it's uh, more a stubbornness than anything else, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, you know, it's just something that I think I can make and I have to make and uh, uh, every, team, every time we make a new design and then uh, we think of something new or something better and then we continue to develop and then so for the last yeah. 11 uh, this has not stopped. Mm -hmm. I have been here uh, working every day of the week. Uh, I mean, I'm working every day of the uh, just for speed controller development. Even now, we have the Trevenius theory, but we are still continue. Uh, the, 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 the development is still continuing for the next uh, generation of uh, Trevenius uh, to to be made and develop and uh, try to improve it. This speed controller, speed controller uh, in our hobby, um, when you look at it um, and you, you talk to any uh, electronic engineer who work uh, in the regular biz, uh, industrial applications, they will tell mm -hmm. you that it's possible. It's crazy. Yeah. You, you, you're putting in uh, uh, 10 or 15 kilowatt of power into a cube that is not more than uh, five centimeter by three centimeter by, <laughs> by two centimeter. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's impossible. It defies all electronic and engineering uh, rules. Sure. So right. it's really difficult. And uh, I think for me, it's a good challenge. And I've been enjoying developing that. For sure. Just, just uh, you know. The sheer reliabilities these ESCs have today are just amazing because you put so much voltage, so much heat through it. Um, they generate so much heat and everything. It's crazy. And they don't realize uh, how much power they are using. But you know, people talking about amps, uh, 
180 amps or 200 amps or 150 amps. Like it's mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, it's when you when you look at, for example, uh, a speed uh, a speed helicopter motor that uh, that we make and develop and that I'm using the 5040 uh, series. Uh, mm -hmm. um, it's running at 60 volts and uh, with a peak of over 300 amps. So that is uh, 18 kilowatt of power, 18,000 watts. Oh now, my God! Wow. People, people don't really realize what what's uh, eighteen thousand watts. Eighteen thousand watt is the equivalent of uh, nearly nearly twenty five horsepower. I think that's more than I have coming into my house. <laughs> no, I mean twenty five horsepower. When you look at uh, um, at a moped, for example, yeah. a small moped. You know, driving around here uh, in Asia, a lot of people have moped. They generally run in five or six horsepower mm -hmm. and that's it. And, uh, I think the original mini Cooper had 51 horsepower to it. Some of the yeah. smaller cars that Europe developed. Yeah. A couple of three very small horsepower. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you have 25, 30 horsepower into a, a, a tiny package. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of power for such a size. That's amazing. When you think of it like that. Yeah. That is crazy. That's crazy. Um, so where, where do you see your motors and ESCs, you know, in the future? Like, obviously, battery technology is kind of, you know, it's gotten, there was a big boost in battery technology with LiPos, C ratings, output of the batteries. Um, that, I feel like that's kind of plateauing a little. But then, like, you know, but these models are still demanding so much more power. And, you know, the pilots are demanding they want, you know, crazy power, crazy head speed. Um, where do you see like your motors going? You know, what's like your, your future plans for your motors and ESCs? We continue to refine our range of motor, but, uh, uh, it's not easy to, to improve, uh, our motor. For example, like the, the newest series of, uh, of the HK 4520, HK 2 uh, mm -hmm. uh not calculating, not calculating the controls, controller side of loss. Uh, the motor itself is over 94% efficient. Wow. And can I improve it? Yes, I can probably gain another 1% or mm -hmm. two, but the manufacturing cost and the material cost of, of that gain will be so high, it will be prohibitive uh, to consumer. Sure, that makes uh, sense. So on motor side, we continue to refine our entire range of product, but I think to, to think of a motor that will be, the motor is not the limiting factor today. I think the, the, the limiting factor is in batteries, in speed yeah. control. Mm -hmm. uh, motor itself, they have such a high energy density already, so I don't see much that can be, you know, the, the improvement is not going to be drastic like back like 10 years ago. And so we continue to make it, but uh, yeah, that's about it. I would say for controller and battery, yeah, I think there's still, especially for battery, there is a big, big uh, possibility uh, to improve. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so many new uh, chemistry, so many new development in batteries. Sure. That that is that has uh, limit 
the limit over there is God knows where. Yeah. Um, well, there's graphene batteries now, and, and I know there there's some high voltage batteries that are actually like 4.25 volts, I think, or something like that, or 4.3 or something like that. But yeah, um, that's awesome. One one, one question I, I do have personally: um, Do you think you'll ever develop a, a Tribunus 160, or do you think it's just going to be the 120 to 200? We already finished uh, the development of. Uh, of a Tribunus uh, 6S uh, 80-amp uh, speed controller. Uh-huh. But uh, prototype has been tested, and uh, but we are not going to be releasing it because it's too expensive. Ah, wow. Yeah, I think one of the one of very different aspects of uh, my development is that when I develop something, I don't really calculate the cost of making it in the future and that maybe that's a mistake but i want my engineer to be able to to design what they think is best without constraint and uh, mm -hmm. so uh sometime the product that are being designed is simply too expensive to be accepted by the market so uh, yeah sometime we just have to drop it and i think that's something that we dropped because uh, our manufacturing costs will be too high and uh market acceptance will not be possible uh, at that right. kind of place. I think that's a smart way to design things. And I love the fact yeah. that, you, that you said, you know, money's not the driving factor. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's definitely a way to do it with your developers and your engineers. It's like kind of give them carte blanche and say, hey, do what you need to do to make the best product. And then we'll see if we can actually afford to make it, you know, because, yeah, like you're saying, market acceptance, like if, if that 80 amp ESC costs, you know, as much as your 120, you know, how many people will really go and buy it? You know, it just wouldn't make sense to develop, you know, move yeah. forward with that. Um, I do have one other last question. Uh, I saw some pictures on, on Facebook. What, what happened to your comet? Oh, well, you know, when you're flying speed, you're flying so far away. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And um, so it's, you lose sight of it. Mm -hmm. sometime and that's exactly what happened and uh, so I was trying to uh, get the helicopter back uh, where I could see how it was going but mm -hmm. uh, uh, instead of uh, switching on the bank switch I switch on the I switch off the motor oh no oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> as I said I'm <laughs> Uh, funny. I was really too far away to to come back, and um, when I realized that uh, my motor was shut off, uh, it was too late. My blade stopped already. Right. Yeah. It, it was nice to see that uh, you did recover it, though, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, the field that you fly at, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy, but it's kind of like every you're above everything, and then kind of goes down, and it's just all trees and like woods, right? Yes. Well, basically, at my field uh, uh, where I fly, uh, there is no such a thing as too low and you hit the ground because the ground is not existent. You're flying or you're flying on on top of a valley. Right. Once in a while, when uh, somebody has a misfortune of crashing into that valley, then it's uh, really difficult to find. Oh, I bet. Wow, oh, man. I'd probably probably get GPS modules from my heli so I could locate them that way that's exactly how i found it i mean uh, i had a gps uh, i had a gps uh, on the helicopter and mm -hmm. I, I use um, i use my v-bar radio to locate uh, 
Right, it gives you that QR code you could like put into Google Maps, right? Yes, exactly. That's how I found it. Oh, awesome. Nice. 40 minutes of climbing and, and, and <laughs> in wow. that bush and grass, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's all part of it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys have fun, and uh, for all the listeners, I uh, wish you have all the fun uh, with your hobbies and models, and uh, don't crash. <laughs> Fly safe. Yeah. George, thanks um, so much for coming on the show. Yes, you thank you so time. much. Thank you for and inviting We would definitely love to have you back on the show, too, again, you know, and just kind of talk a little more. It was fun chatting with you. Sure. Anytime. Awesome. All right. That's awesome. George is freaking... Awesome. And who knew what HK stood for? I thought it was Hong Kong. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was Hunter Killer. <laughs> I did not <laughs> I almost know. said that, but I was really? like, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not know. know it's for a high KV. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So news and announcements. News and announcements. <laughs> <laughs> what, I get you at that time? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I should do it or not. I know it's like <laughs> you and Fred, and I'm just like, you, you paused. So I was like, should I? Should I? Should I? <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So what's the latest on Horizon Hobby? Oh, uh, before we get to Horizon Hobby, Uh-oh. and I was on Horizon Hobby, actually. <laughs> the Flight Test Community cast just recently had Kevin Matusik and Todd Optional, a.k.a. Todd Likey or Loki or however he pronounces his last <laughs> name. They were on for like two hours discussing their Rascal CNC machine. That uh-huh. they're working on. When they were on our show, they, they talked about it and I know they've been like, they've been actually getting pressure from a couple of guys who are like, let's get this thing together. You know, and that dude, I completely understand life gets in the way. You know, I mean, Kevin's moving out of Kentucky and I think down to Florida. Like he's, yeah. I mean, he's got kids too there. And plus, you know, you, you work, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I, I totally, you know, understand that, you know, they got things going on in their lives and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a nice, idea of coming out with a affordable cnc machine like uh-huh. sub 500 dollars that could cut out dollar tree foam board and you know basically and more right and more yeah and tons more like acrylic and and wood everything but carbon fiber they said they could do balsa you know all that kind of stuff and uh so they're working on it. it's called the rascal and they're hoping to get something out in november november 1st was their uh you know released unofficial soft release date uh, but they're going to have, you know, plans on how to put it together. They're going to have plans on how to cut out the wood parts because I guess the upright pieces for the, uh, the X axis and the Z axis or whatever it is, uh-huh. is, uh, is made out of plywood or MDF or, or whatnot. Sure. But yep. A lot of the parts are going to be Home Depot or AliExpress. They're using NEMA 23 motors for the, you know, the long drives and then a NEMA 17, I think, for the Z axis. And it's Arduino based. So, I mean, your Arduino is going to be like 30 bucks and then your shield is going to be like another $12 to drive right. the stepper motors. So mm-hmm. it's, it's freaking awesome, man. And it's really cool because they're going to release it out, you know, free plans and you can obviously purchase like the uprights that they'll CNC for you. But it's really cool that, you know, they have the mentality similar to how flight test was with the whole community. Like we're going to release it out and guys, you know, if you could find it. The parts cheaper somewhere, or find a better way to route wires right. or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. just just add to it, man, and and yeah, and let's Kinda do this thing. So. Open sourcing it basically. That's, that's right, really right, right. That mentality. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's hard for me to think of open sourcing being a uh, ten year old term, but yeah, <laughs> that yeah. old term open source, yeah, sure. community based, yeah. But it it seems like it's going to be pretty cool, man. And I like their idea of having an, a a G code library of you know the flight test plans. That would be awesome if that's cool with Bixler, and I think he said it was. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I, I couldn't see why. I mean, with, with the stipulation of saying. You know, you can't like cut it and and sell it for profit. You know, like right. I can see that being an issue. But I mean, if you're cutting it and giving to your friends, I think that's perfectly fine. You're cutting it and building yourself, that's perfectly fine because that's that's what they do now. You you get the plans, you can cut one for yourself, cut one for your friends, cut ten of them and give them all out. Like they're okay yeah. with that aspect of of their. I guess it's almost like the uh, free royalty license. Like yeah, as long as you kind of give. A shout out saying, "Hey, you know this from flight test, and and also you're not making money off of it. Go for it, you know." What was cool was Kevin was talking about uh, some of the older foam, whether they're dollar tree foam or regular foam planes that were on RC groups like years ago. I mean, there's just page after page of those mm-hmm. those plans and those those planes, and just getting that like in a G code library. Also, you know, after having. Joshua Orchard on the show and the way he did the fuselage, you know, took a bunch of foam and glued it together and then cut it out and sanded it and all that. Yeah. Just have that CNC each half of the fuselage that you're going to fiberglass. I mean, you, that's pretty cool. That, you know, sure. something like that. Sure. Something like that or have, have them, you know, your CNC can cut your, you know, say you want to do, um, hot wire cutting, right? So, you know, yeah. you want to, you can CNC your, your templates, your ends and stuff. It's, I mean, the possibilities of having a CNC is insane. You know, think about um, Joe Cashwell, right? His yeah. whole business relies on his CNC machines. Granted, he he gets the real professional machines, you know, and he gets the best uh, materials and and you know has has his like process down packed so he can produce these things, you know, super fast and super accurately. But for the for the home, you know, the home brew DIYer, um, it's cool. Because you can, yeah, I, I want to make a top deck for my charging case out of my, out of a three quarter inch plywood. Go for right. it. You cut it, you know, and you get your rough dimension and you have your CNC mill it all out. That's awesome. Or your um, acrylic. Yeah. Or acrylic. Acrylic. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could do acrylic. You could do plexi. You could do all that stuff. All those materials, you know, and then combine that, combine a CNC with a 3D printer. That is like ultimate, you know, um, pro, like, super fast prototyping like you could prototype yeah. anything you know which is amazing because you can with 3d printer and and or a cnc you can make the other <laughs> right you, if you have a cnc you can make a 3d printer like at least the framing and all that stuff and you order part and then vice versa if you have a 3d printer i'm sure you could print out a lot of the the parts initially to get your your cnc running and then at that point once the cnc is running then you can you know cut them out of uh, a little bit more stronger materials that'll last longer well, that's what they were saying on the show also. You know, they get your frame as square as you can. And if you want to, like Kevin cut his first one out by hand, drilled sure. everything out by hand. And yeah. one of the first things he did after he got it as square as he could was to CNC better parts for right. his CNC machine. Right, right. And upgrade it. Crazy right? when you think of it like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I, you- just, mm-hmm. but I was thinking, you know, I working on that Prusa clone. I 3D printed a lot of the connecting pieces, yeah. but I still cut out the frame by hand and the base for the bed the by base, hand. Yep. Mm-hmm. If I had a CNC machine, I could have just CNC'd that out. Exactly. And I and I've seen those online, you know, the base and the and the frame 
and maybe a couple of little parts for like 30 bucks. And I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay that. I'll just, you know, cut the yeah, plans just out. Cut it out and, yourself. And, and cut it out myself. Yeah. But yeah, that was, it was really cool to hear those guys. They got another guy, Dan, that's working with them and Nerd uh-huh. Nick is also working with them. Yeah. I was going to mention Nerd Nick because, um, I did Google Rascal CNC and actually Nerd Nick's website came up. Yeah, I think that's the only spot where you can see it right now. I don't yeah. think they have any other spot right now. I mean, I'm sure it'll be all over flight test once they mm-hmm. once they get this out, you know, and I think yes. they're going to work on an article. But, I mean, you got to understand, hey, man, these are just, you know, they're average guys with lives, you know. So uh stuff takes time, man. I definitely know how that is. Yeah, for sure. It was cool to hear him. It was cool to hear him on the show, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't spoken to those guys in a while. We got to... uh you got to talk to him and get him back on and chat. Just that flight fest. Yeah, yeah. We spoke to Kevin yeah, mm-hmm. and his son. Yep. So on Horizon Hobby. Yes. The, they have a all-purpose plane that anyone can fly. Anyone in italics. I heard uh, about that. It's the it's the Carbon Cub S Plus. It's a 1.3 meter uh, ready to fly or bind and fly basic. And I would love to try out this thing, actually. For one reason, the parking assist that it has on it. <laughs> what? The parking assist that it has. Let me ask parking assist. It has auto land. I would love to just try that out on see how that works. Put it through the test. Wow. To do it. I have to, I have to write Horizon Hobby and see if they'll send me one. I want to try this auto land and I want to review it for our listeners. Yeah. Who only fly helicopters. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's got a, um, it's got a couple of pretty cool things. It's got a virtual, virtual fence. I don't know how that works. I guess it's got GPS on it, but I don't know how you would set something like like that up. Do you have to fly over by that place you shouldn't fly by to set it up? I, I think I the know. virtual fence is like your when you take off, it sets a virtual fence like maybe, you know, so that the pilot there's a fence in front of the pilot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's got safe, and it's got a holding pattern where it'll just fly around in a circle, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. You know, it's got rescue, uh, it's got beginner, immediate, and advanced mode, and it's got some gigantic oversized Tundra tires, which is pretty cool. Nice. So uh, this is a really good plane for a beginner, and it's got optional flaps, which you got, can install, but you'll need a seven-channel receiver. And it's got floats if you would like to purchase them also separately. And it's starting out um, at a pre-order, and it's two two twenty. It's two nineteen ninety nine, and it's pretty big. I mean, I mean, one point three millimeters is like six uh, fifty inches. Is it fifty one? Yeah, fifty one inches. It's Man, a thirteen hundred millimeter. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty, and it's pretty. It's pretty nice color too. It's like silver and uh, and yellow. Awesome. Uh, Maybe one day Horizon Hobby will hook me up for all the free promotions I give them. All, all it takes is an email, right? To yeah. them. That's too much work, though. You know, I just can't <laughs> be. It means yeah. I got to get the computer out and do all that. No, but that's it. I'm, you know, I'm joking <laughs> around, but that's it. Um, yeah. That's all I saw, real quick. And I, another news and announcement I could make is um, a couple of things, actually. Um, Fred Provost is still down in Florida doing his uh cleaning up after the hurricane so uh uh-huh. that's why he isn't with us so uh we want to say be safe fred man and uh get ready for flight fest south yeah that's coming up soon right that's in november yeah, november uh, yeah 
Sweet. And you better be there. Who, me or him? No, Fred. How about you? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the other things I wanted to say was um, I talked with James Cadiz for a little while. A boy, James. So I, yeah. Uh, I just want to say that, you know, just the misfortune that he, he had. I don't know. We haven't really talked to him about talking about what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, it's nothing serious, though. Don't. Uh, <laughs> no. It's, it's nothing, nothing health-related or anything like that. It's not serious no, at all. It's just, it's, but, um, yeah, folk, I'm sure some folks that listen to us know what we're talking about. And it's just a shitty situation. That's all. Yeah. Guys in the community probably know. and mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have him back on the show and see if he wants to talk about it if, or not. Whatever. Whatever he wants to do. Or he just wants to hang out. Or just wants to hang out. He's a, yeah, he's exactly. a, he's, he, you know, he's a talker yeah, no, I'm sure, sure he'll eventually come back on the show. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. So, James, we're thinking about you, man. Yes. One other thing I just want to uh, plug in again is, is the uh, South Jersey. Let me just bring it up here. Sorry here. So it's the South Jersey Heli Groups. Heli's Gone Wild. Uh, fun fly. Wait a minute. I used to have a video of something gone wild. I know. You probably had a whole select, a whole series of them, didn't you? Huh? 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 Nudge, yeah. nudge, hand, hand, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like Robot Wars Gone Wild or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of from, bare metal stuff, huh? From Daytona huh? Beach. <laughs> so, yes, Heligon Wild, October 13th, 14th, 15th, Allen Air Strip. They actually have an airport identified because it is an airport. It is three uh, NJ9 airport identifier. Its address is 231 Landing Street, Southampton Township, New Jersey, 08088. Put that in your, your GPS. Put the October 13, 14, 15th on your calendar, and we'll see you there. All right. Um, the other thing is we got a fun flight coming up. Uh, this weekend, so the day that this uh, podcast gets released, and it is uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's the fall moldown. I guess I don't know how you'd say. It. Maybe maybe the, the the sister fun fly of or the brother fun fly of the spring fling. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's an that's gonna be an event I'm gonna try to make. Trying to figure out with with the wife um, whether I just you know roll down with Rob. Or um, she actually has friends out in Virginia, so she's like, I'll drop you off and then spend the weekend with my friend. I was like, I'm okay with that, too. So so she's going to figure out that aspect. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to go there and, nice. and have some fun, do some flying. Um, you know, fly in a box, which I hate, but it's okay. <laughs> we mentioned that, too, right? Did we mention that when we were flying? Yeah. Like, it's so nice and like not to fly in a box and just have this unlimited airspace like yeah. as far as the heli can I don't know if I'm going to make that because I can't go on Sunday and I didn't want to drive five hours down uh, and then have to leave and drive five hours back. You can't do like, oh, no, but you can't take off Friday either. So it's not even if you left Friday yeah. night and camped and stayed Saturday for a little bit and then left. Yeah, it can't, that would suck. That's 10 hours, 10 to 11 hours of driving for maybe five to six hours of fun. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I'd like to see everybody. Yeah, it's. That just I can't make it this time. Yep. No worries. All right. Uh, we are probably going to still do a live record, and that would be the third podcast that Kevin. Oh no no! I get wait I, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, just bust your chops. Who's uh, going to fill in for me? Uh Chris. Chris is coming up. Oh okay. Yeah. Chris, not. All right. 
So he's coming up from South Carolina to come up there. Um, Is he going to edit it? No. That's still on you. So then I'll just edit the shit out of him. (laughs) And the funny thing, (laughs) right, every time I say, so Chris, you're like, so Kevin. (laughs) So Chris. Yeah. So I was. And that'll be it. I'll just cut him right (laughs) off mid-sentence. It doesn't even matter because we're going to record it then. And then Tuesday, you're going to make the podcast, right? Yeah. So you'll be on the show anyways. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of oh, it's kind of the opposite of um, the New <laughs> it's Jersey. Kind of the inverse. The, the inverse. Oh, yeah. The other one. Yeah, where oh, you were boy. at the live event, but not on the the studio record. I guess we could say. Um, I can't catch a break. <laughs> no. Everybody but me. No, come on. All right. So I did have one news that I forgot to mention earlier. Not news, but um, you know how my week's been. Oh, God. Yeah. That was hours ago. I know. But I'm going to add it in now. Okay. I bought another drone. Oh, that's right. I was going to mention this. Yeah. I know. I bought, I, you know, it's like, it was it was Black Friday of last year that I bought the Phantom 3 standard, and I, I got you, you know, we, you know, you got one too. And, yeah. you know, I think it lasted, I've, I've flown it three times total. No, four times total. Once to try it, once to see where the UPS guy was, once to record uh, Chloe Ryder bicycle. Um, so, yeah, and then maybe one other time, too. Uh, oh, one other time at the field. That was right. So that's four times. And and then I never flew it again. I bought an extra battery, and I, you know, I spent money on this stupid thing that I, I never really got into. And I was like, whatever. So I sold it to you. So now you have two Phantom 3 standards. Yes. And then come, you know, like, I guess 10 months later, it's, you know, it's, it's September now, and I bought another drone. I bought another DJI drone. So I've, I've been wanting a, a Mavic, and that was the whole purpose. Like, okay, I'll try the Phantom. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But I couldn't justify buying a brand new Mavic, just spending $1,000 plus whatever on the uh, extra batteries and case and this and that. So, you know, you end up being like twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. And I couldn't justify it because it's the Phantom. I, I basically flew four times. So why spend yeah. that much money for something I might only fly four times? A lot of cabbage. Yeah. So the latest DJ drone that's out right now is the Spark. And I know it's like, you know, you look at it and it's like, oh, why would you want that? It's not a 4K camera on there, blah, blah, blah. It's only a two-axis gimbal, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? This little Spark has very similar features as the Mavic. So it has a collision detection system, has um, just all the bells and whistles that, and you know, the Phantoms have and, and the Maverick has. So I was like, okay, yeah, it doesn't have a 4K camera. It's only 1080p at 60, but let me, let me, uh, let me try it out. It's, it's $499. I, I got a smoking deal because I went to Target and they had it. And I was like, okay. And then I saw on the sign by customer service that Target does price matching. So I was like, okay. Went on Amazon and said, oh, $449 on Amazon. Can you price match this? They said, sure, we could price match it. I said, okay, cool. And here's my red card. So I get 5% off. So nice. I spent like, it was like with tax was 460 out the door. So not bad at all. And then, and then of course, you know, true to the fashion, like, before the battery even recharged, I bought an extra battery. It doesn't come with the controller, so I bought the controller. So I ended up spending like six hundred bucks or whatever it is total. But um, 
But the battery I got, you know, off of eBay, it was like 45 bucks. And then I bought the controller and I was like 120 bucks or something like that. So it wasn't too bad. But I got to say, I really like this little thing. The other yeah, day, it's really cool, man. Yeah. You know, so Saturday, you know, I brought it out and we're, we're doing some some test flying. And I even let you fly it for a bit. And, you know, it's cool. It has some nice yeah. little features. Um, it flies rock stable for something that's swinging a four inch prop. It's rock stable. Yeah. You know, you were showing me some video you took when you were helping your buddy out with uh, his shed or something. You were working on a roof or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was- I would I would have sworn that you were shooting that video from the second floor of a house or something. That's right. how stable it was. I was like, my mm-hmm. God. And granted, that day it wasn't windy at all. So it wasn't too bad. But the other day I was mowing the backyard, the lawn, right? Since I got like the tree cut, I got all the stuff out of there. And I was like, all right, let me mow the lawn now. So I parked it and I mowed the lawn. <laughs> so I literally put the the drone, the spark, like in a corner, like between my house and my garage, where that fence is. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, yeah, yeah. and I just parked it there and I mowed the lawn and had it just record me. And it, it stood there the whole time until the battery was like, oh, low battery. And it landed itself and it was perfectly fine, safe, no, no problem. Nice. So yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I, I found a template for a skin online, and I was like, "All right, I'm I'm gonna put a skin on this." So I have, you know, I bought the white one, but I put a, an orange skin on the controller and the uh, on the actual drone too. So it's looking pretty cool, uh, and I'm having a good nice. time with it. So, you know, all in all, I spent more money than I did on the Phantom Three, but the size and portability of it is gonna be perfect for what I want it for. I want to, you know. Me and Chloe will go to the park and we'll like ride our bicycles or something. I'll just have it track me, you know. <laughs> I'll just have it track me as I go around the, the, the track, or, or you know, when if Chloe gets into any sports, I could just you know, put up in the air and just record it. Or family vacations—that's really the big part. I want to use it for family vacation, and I, I blame Chris Ryber for it because the videos that that guy produces with his Mavic on his family trips with the boats and all that stuff—it's so awesome. I'm like, damn it. I want to be cool like Chris. <laughs> I want to be cool like Chris. Yeah, so, you know, but it, it, it is nice. The form factor is awesome. I just love that it's tiny, it's stable, has all the bells and whistles. And, you know, the flight times aren't that great. It's about, it says 16-minute flight times per pack. It's a 1353S battery. Right. But I got to say, it's more truthfully around like a 12-minute flight, which is still not too bad. Um, You know, so definitely... Buying an extra battery helps, but you know you do have to swap it out and stuff. So, but yeah, I want to be cool like Chris, but I have a Phantom Three standard. So you're cool like uh, you're, wah, wah. You're, you're cool like you know Bill from three years ago. Oh, dude, really? <laughs> you're throwing me wow. down that hole. Damn. Ouch. <laughs> stings it, a little, didn't it? Let me grab that yeah. knife out your back. Hold that's, on. That stings, dude. <laughs> Yeah, Bill's doing really good with his uh, Phantom Four now. He's he's loving that. You know, screw you and Bill. The hell with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> and your damn Phantoms and your Sparks and all that crap. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. It really rubs me the wrong way. You know what grinds my gears? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, that that thing was pretty cool though, man. And the controller was so comfortable. The way it's, it's just amazing, dude. It just is absolutely amazing when you think of 
It wasn't. It was less than five years ago. Dave Vindestall with his tricopter was like the big freaking thing, and the Electro Hub, mm-hmm. amazing, you know, technology and stuff like that, and the KK two board was all the rage. And yeah. now look at these freaking things taking off and landing out of your hand. Oh yeah, the palm, the gestures, yeah. And then yeah, you're you're like waving at it, and I was trying to catch your picture. You waving at it. <laughs> look at this um, idiot waving at a drone. <laughs> That's especially the one where like you have to do like come back to me. There's a there's a yeah. gesture where you hold your two arms out like like a Y. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> uh, it was pretty amazing, and that thing was tiny, but man, solid. And and you make and, me you make me want to get one. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think the that. size is just amazing too. Dude. Yeah, like you know that case I had that I got from the wife got me. Yeah, I'll be perfect. I think, I think that case will fit that thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, one other good thing is uh, sport mode. Yeah, sport mode, it was rocking it around. Yeah, I actually flew. I didn't record. I wish I was recording. I didn't record. I'm going to do that another day, like maybe tomorrow. Okay. But, and, you know, my backyard is small. It's like 30 by 30 or 40 by 40, whatever feet. It's not It's not huge. But I would whip that thing around back there in sport mode. Like, literally just like come inches from away from my garage, like whipping that thing around. I got so comfortable flying that thing in, the back, in my backyard. You know, it's because like you let go of the sticks, it self levels, it stops. So, so that that thing has got uh, ground avoidance because you know we heard it yeah. as we were, we were ground flying around. and and you know, um, a, a collision you, for, for like forward collision. You know, yeah, I was gonna say you couldn't fly it into my face because you were trying uh, a few times, but yeah, no, I was just trying. I was, I was just trying to get close. It's got front frontal avoidance. I, I, I figured you needed a little shave. It's kind of like me with Bill. I got frontal avoidance. Hey, what you and Bill do frontal wise? <laughs> it's a bit between you guys, okay? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I just need, you know, complete avoidance. <laughs> yeah. That is what go. I need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, yeah. What's next for you in the hobby? Oh, geez. I got to fix that jet. I got to fix the flap Dude, on that. I almost did it to. tonight. You I got to get that going for this weekend. Dude, you bought that thing. I don't know how much you spent, but you bought the thing. You had one flight on it. Yeah, you know, your landing was a little weird with the flaps, and the flaps broke. Um, but it was just one servo, one little servo. You have to fix it. You haven't flown it. I, I know. I know. Well, I haven't had a runway either. True. True. But you, I think you could fly that at, um, at, at Warwick. I think that the sod, you know, like the farmer's awesome. First of all, I want to. Give another shout out to the to farmer at the Warwick Field that we fly. Um, that guy, he, he you know, he comes out and he comes out as a little riding more and just chat with us and stuff. Seriously, if anybody needs a hot air balloon, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody wants to buy a hot air balloon? Let's, let's do this guy a solid and uh, and get get a soul for him. You know, so if you know anyone, your friends, your parents, your your parents' friends, anyone that does hot air ballooning and and might be looking in for a new one. Uh, let us know. We'll we'll forward you his information. And we'll get that. Or if you have a big yard, a three hundred foot rope, and an anchor, sure. And you want a hot air balloon? There you go. You can have some fun with it. Yeah, and I think you don't. I don't think you need like much. I don't know. I don't, training. I don't think you need license. a pilot's license. Pilot's license. Yeah. No, you should definitely get training. But yeah. I don't think you need a pilot's license. Don't be Chris's friend with the um, the paraglider. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris Roncaglione. Yeah, Roncaglione's friend. <laughs> full throttle trips and falls. <laughs> yeah, so I want to work on that jet. Yes. I, I want to. I have that 
small P51. I've been, I gotta put a motor on that thing. I don't uh-huh. know what. Uh, that's like a, not even really an 800 millimeter. It's like a little small. It's, I guess it's roughly about that. I think it's an 800. Millimeter. Yeah. It's like a 40 inch or 39. Yeah. It's like 30 something. Yeah. yeah. I just want to fix a bunch of stuff and uh, I don't know. Let's see what else I got. I got, I got the 570. I've, I've fixed that up and uh, maybe I'll try flying that this weekend. And if that flies, I think I'm going to sell it. I don't know. Yeah. I, gotta get, I think I'm going to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. damn. I have more things I did this weekend. I totally forgot. But okay. Sorry. Continue. And uh, that's probably it, man. I might go down to the club. Or, or we're having a club meeting on Thursday and they're having a little swap meet. So I'm going to go do that. Are you going to uh, go? And yeah. I'm oh. going to see if I can make it. Maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe I could come by and we could roll together or no? I think I'm going to be in the city that day, so I might just drive right down there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Maybe, might go. I don't know. Let me see if Rob wants to go. Maybe I'll go with him. But uh, I'm I'm thinking about it. I don't, I don't know. What time is that meeting usually? I forget. Is it I think 8 o'clock? Yeah, 8 o'clock to 8 to 8.30, 8.45 is the meeting, and then after that, it's going to be the swap meet. So, um, yeah, okay. You know. I mean, I don't have anything to sell. Do you have anything to sell? You can bring anything to sell? If you do I'm gonna get stuff ready for the Adams RC thing. I'm probably gonna get. I'm probably gonna sell all my indoor stuff. Those little micros I got. Okay. Because I don't use them anymore. Yeah. I, I, I might keep the P40 because I really like that. But everything else, I think I'm gonna sell. I got the brand new Corsair, the Beast, I and uh, the Jet. Oh, the little yeah, the little F16 or whatever. Yeah. Mm. That is, maybe I'll keep that too. I don't know. That's that's, that's fun what, inside. That's, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's probably about it, man. That's all I can think of. What are you going to be up to? I kind of got the 420. I replaced the tail boom on it, but the, the tail boom was cracked and it was kind of cockeyed. So it wasn't really um, flying right the last time I flew it. But uh, I think that's going to be going up for sale. The airframe motor and ESC um, and really? a tail servo because I don't, I took the main servos out for my comet, which I didn't talk about the comet. I'm freaking my oh, comet. Oh, right. Dude, yeah, you, you, you ran the, the, the oxy on 6s yeah so first of all i ran awesome. the oxy on 6s and that thing was freaking screaming and it flew like it was on steroids it was super quick like it would just unlimited like just i could just have that thing knife edge and just full collective it would just go shooting across <laughs> the sky it was awesome i'm gonna keep a 6s i just need to and i'm rocking the 1050 6s uh pulse batteries and okay. those fit with the canopy which um all down for the 1250s are way too big that won't fit but yeah that thing just screamed and it was awesome but it doesn't look like it's faster than the comet straight line um so i landed that and i was like okay let me fly the comet but i couldn't get that thing to spool up right and then i noticed one of my servos were broken oh right yeah Yeah, so so I, i got some work to do on the the comet the mini comet sorry but yeah, I think the 420 is going to go up on the chopping block because that's going to fund my scale bird that's going to be coming soon. All right. Yeah, and it's not a small one either. Freaking 700 size. It's not a 450 like yours. I would love... Is that what, you, is that what you're trying no, to say? No, no. Right. I'm just saying it's a big helicopter and because the scale is looks even bigger than the like a regular, helicopter. you know? It's like, ugh. It's huge, huge, but uh, nice. yeah. So I'm hoping to get that going. I've I've fiberglass my last part for my vegan. So the wing and the nose cone was the last parts that I need to fiberglass. 
before you get off the uh the the scale huge uh-huh. 700 size helicopter when are you picking that up i mean i would have had it by now if i went to the, the brooklyn funfly the cp heli throwdown but um i couldn't make it to that one that was a saturday event but um yeah. i don't know whatever i mean i could probably talk to john who's selling it to me and be like i don't know, let me pick it up from you thursday maybe i don't know if he goes to the meeting okay I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can't eat like he'll he'll give it to me even though I haven't paid him. I, I'm sure, but I'd rather like get the 420 sold and know that like okay, I got I got either some or most of the money, um, you know, ready to go. Yeah. So okay. yeah. So probably you know either this week or next week. I'm I'm guessing. But yeah, okay. back back to the vegan. My last sheet of foam has been fiberglassed, and I started building it. So really, I, you know, I, I went and I was like, oh, cool. Gorilla glue. I'm going to use a little hot glue to tack it and start building the pieces. And I'm, I look at my Gorilla glue and I'm like, why is it rock hard? <laughs> why is it solid? I guess some moisture got in the glue and it just, or whatever, but it was just crusty inside. And it was just not glue anymore. So I have 30 minute epoxy. And I said, yeah, what can I use epoxy? Right. So. I used epoxy and I built the battery box. That's like the first thing you build, I guess. Yeah. So so that's built. And what I did is I um I laid a small bead of epoxy at all the joints, and then on the corners of those joints, I did a drop of hot glue. So okay, I folded everything up, and and actually the fiberglass cracked. So I just ended up like gluing it directly on, and you know, and I glued it, and then on the bottom part where like not the inside bottom, but the outside bottom. I'm like, eh, I got some fiberglass and I got a, what do you call it? The resin already mixed from doing the wing. Let me just, uh, let me add a little sheet of fiberglass and reinforce it. So reinforce all the joints with fiberglass. Um, the spar on the wing, so I fiberglass one side and I cut out a quarter inch groove, a little less, maybe like, a, I don't know, whatever, two-eighths groove, whatever, not two-eighths, uh, one-eighth or whatever groove. Anyways, I cut out a small groove, and I was like, where's my spar? I can't find my spar. And I was like, oh, wait, my spar's still in the, the waterproof foam vegan that I have that, you know, the 6S one that I crashed at Flight Fest. And I was oh, like, boy. but I want to, that's my prototype one for the, the airfoil wing. I, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to take the, the EDF out and put a new one in there, like the new motor. I don't want to take that apart, like completely. I don't want to trash the wing. So I was like, what do I have? So I look, and what do I find? Broomstick? <laughs> Close. I find a tail push rod for a 700-size heli. <laughs> I was oh, like, geez. carbon fiber, it's round. Dad, this will work. Shave it, you know, cut it down on each end. So I just had the rod perfect width. And I put this, like, it's a little bit, it's it's about quarter inch. It seems a little bit more. Uh, this huge black carbon fiber rod in there. And you can see it because the carbon fiber, you know, the fiberglass is clear, basically, once you put it on. And then glue dries, it's clear. So you just see this huge spar, huge spar. Was it a Synergy? No, it was a logo. Push rod? It was a logo push? Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Probably like freaking more twice, three times as the amount of the plane. Yeah, I think it was like fifteen bucks. Spar, 
<laughs> I think it was like fifty dollars for that tail push ride, or eighty bucks Yeesh. or something ridiculous. Well, whatever. I had it. It was broken. You know, I, I, the oh, tip okay. was broken, so I was like, whatever. That's why I kept it because I knew I could use these pieces for on the airplane size for spars or cut it down and use it for like my goblin or something. You know, my four twenty or or another heli. So, anyways, cool. That is all being drying right now. So my next steps are going to be building up the um, building, you know, the the plane some more. I have to figure out an ESC because my ESC is currently in my other Vigan. <laughs> And I don't, I don't want to really cut it out. So do I just buy another Hobby Wing 100 app? Because they're pretty cheap. I can probably get them for under 50 bucks. You know? I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. And I heard that uh, Dollar Tree is going to be closing a whole bunch of their shops. Stores. Really? Their stores. Yeah. I heard they're going to be closing a lot of them now. Well, there's one on every corner. So, so if, I yeah. Mean, I guess they could afford it. <laughs> but uh, if that's true... I don't know about you, but I'm going to have to go buy some foam. Like, I'm going to buy a couple of boxes, you know, just to have. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to go and be like, oh, crap, there's no Dollar Tree by me anymore, you know? And then I have to drive 40 minutes away or something like that. But I don't know. It might just be a rumor. Okay. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to find out. But, uh, yeah, I went to my local Dollar Store and Dollar Tree and I was like, do you guys have foam? Like, yeah, we have them on the strike. I'm like, oh, no, do you have a box in the back? They're like, no, that's all we have. Four sheets of black. And and, yeah. and as everyone knows, the black ones, the paper don't hold for crap. So I was just like, uh, okay. When's your shipment coming in? Thursday. I was like, okay. All right, I'll come back. So I'm, I'm probably going to buy out the ones in, uh, by the Rockaway Mall, that Dollar Tree. Probably go buy uh, a box or two. Not if I get there first, dude. It's Thursday, and I'm still on parental. You think you're really going to beat me there? <laughs> well, I know when the shipment, the shipment comes in, you don't. Still. Go ahead. No. Go over there. I dare you. Dare me. Oh, no. <laughs> think, I think that's it. Build the vegan. All right. Fix my comment. Sell the three, cool. uh, 420. Cool. Cool. All right. Is it time to wrap it up? It's time. Time to wrap it up. All right. Facebook. We have 683 likes. That's plus two this week. And those two names are. <laughs> this is a funny name. Um. Cuter music. I'm not gonna get these wrong, but just cuter music, anyways. We have Jeremy John Johnson, and we have Rod Bingham. Cool. Nice. All right. Uh, Facebook comments. Yeah, I'm looking at comments now. Wesley D. Pennypacker and Kyle Schneider both commented on the uh, episode with Joshua Orchard that we had out. Mm-hmm. Kyle was. Uh, Awesome enough to post a link to the Bugatti airplane replica that made its first flight and how that went. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but so I won't say what I'm going to say. Just watch the video. Yeah, let's watch it. It's it's a cool plane. There was a characteristic that happened to Joshua Orchard on his flight that happened to the real one on its flight. Let's just say he Um, stuck the landing. Yeah. So thanks, guys. How about Uh, Wesley? (laughs) Wesley said if. I knew if I stuck around long enough, you'd sh- you'd have a show that wasn't about helicopters. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, Wesley's the man. Yeah. Thanks, dude. <laughs> oh, boy. That's awesome. And we'll have more mm-hmm. that aren't about helicopters. Yeah. I do also want to give a shout out to uh, Death Pilot Bill Anthony. He had an interview that um, that I did with Justin Taylor about Takumi helicopters. 
Um, I shared okay. that out on our page. Um, you know, it's funny because at, at the Northeast um, Model Helicopter Jamboree, you know, Chris's event, we, we were up there and I was like, oh, cool, Takumi Helicopter, I want to check it out, I want to talk to the guy, you know? So I, I kind of went over there and I guess, you know, I guess Bill came with me and I didn't know, but he was recording video. And then, and, I mean, oh. I, obviously I found out like, when I saw the camera, you know, <laughs> when I looked up and it was a camera, but, but, but I was, you know, so I was kind of like, not really, I wasn't interviewing Justin or anything, but I was just asking a lot of questions. Someone looking at a new helicopter would ask, right? Oh, that's cool. What's this about? What's that? You know? So it's definitely a cool video. If you want to know, um, you know, if you want to learn about the Takumi helicopter, it's, it's a really cool innovative way of of these 3d helicopters that we see these days you know it's it's definitely a one-off it's different different technology different engineering with the horizontally mounted motor um so it's pretty cool yeah you know and there is a reason why the motor's mounted that way it's really cool so watch the video give bill uh some credit because you know he does great work with his uh his you know videoing editing and, and all that fun stuff and I know it takes a lot of time for him to do that. So, you know, and he doesn't really, he doesn't make any money from it. So, <laughs> you know, he does it all for the love of the hobby. So I thank him for that. Nice. Thanks, Bill. Cool. Thanks. All right. Uh, Podbean people. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Podbean. I missed website comments. Website comments. Uh, we have a website comment from John Hamill. Said, hello, Steve. I understand that you host Steve's Helis, password protected online multiplayer sex sessions in real flight. How do I go about obtaining the password to join the sessions? Did you answer, John? No. What's, what is this? John understands that you host the Steve's Heli. I don't host the Steve's session. Heli. Okay. So I don't understand that email, though. Where's that email? So, John, he does not host the Steve's Heli. No. If you got that information from Desk Pilot, that would be false <laughs> information. No, when I, when I do host a room, it'll either be uh, CP Heli, it'll oh. be RC Heli Hangouts, or it'll be Free for RC Podcast Room or Free for RC um, Heli Room or whatever, something something with our brand name on there. I don't, um, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't do one just my name. That. John, if you get the password for that, let us know, and we will all crash it. And literally crash it? No. And literally crash it. <laughs> but that was the um, one website comment I saw. Ah, yes, I saw that here. Okay. Cool. All right. So people of Podbean. People of Podbean. Our buddy Mike Welch liked episode 92, Kevin and Planks, and 93, Joshua Orchard. And we have three new people following us. Oh, man. And I just think people just facepalm the keyboard when they create names anymore. I don't know. But ZZ Shanhan Hanif <laughs> and King Hula J and W2B6674342 all started following us. So thanks, guys. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Awesome iTunes review. Okay, no new reviews on on iTunes. Okay. Drop us <laughs> an iTunes review and we'll read the review in the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash freefallrcpodcast. 
check out our webpage, freefarcypodcast.com. Say hi to Chris Reibert. Hi, Chris Reibert. <laughs> How far were you from the bike on that one? <laughs> I gotta try something different, man. Yeah, yeah. People are getting used to the same thing. <laughs> sure, they probably. I, I, it's funny because who who was it? Oh, Walt. When Walt was on the show, right? He was like, "Wait a minute, you guys do your outro every time." Read that every time. Yeah. yeah, yes, we do. We we don't pre-record this. We just we just run it off our list here. Flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production. Other than flight test podcast, free four C podcast. Next to the FT community cast. Hey, Patrola Mike. <laughs> RCHeliHangouts.com forum under RC Heli Hangouts main section, podcast corner, and free for RC podcast sitting next to the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. Hey, Hooligans. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Again, I want to. <laughs> I want to thank George Van Gansen from Scorpion Power Assistance. Thanks, George. Uh, Yeah, he got some stories, man. I got to get him back on the show. We got to get him back on. We got to get him back on and then just kind of go over more more of his history and experiences. It's, uh, you know, it was a delight. So awesome. Yeah, in case anybody didn't realize it, he was in Hong Kong and uh, he, I guess, was on his way to work. Hong Kong or, yeah, somewhere, somewhere over there. That's the first time I've ever spoken to anybody in Hong Kong. That was pretty awesome. Is it Hong Kong? I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. On the opposite side of the world. He was in the future. It was like 8 o'clock on Wednesday. And right now it's Tuesday. So, wow. But you're listening to it on Friday. So, figure that one out. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thanks to all the listeners. Free our skies. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Take care, guys. See ya, Marty. Rope for it, Marty. 1.21 gigawatts. Uh, one of these days I'm going to have to sit and watch that. Yeah. What? Again. Fred Provost is on. No freaking way yeah like really you're gonna get him on let me see let me add him make my editing nightmare even worse my worst editing nightmare has been confirmed (laughs) he denied our request he's such a flipping fair weather All right. Yo, somebody's online. What does he want me to call? I love these guys that want me to call them all the time. Oh, call me. Call me, call me. What's up? I am getting Georges. Georges? Dude, I love these. I love... Did you want me to call you for some reason? Doesn't matter. Oh. I don't think it matters who initiates. All right, I'm going to get George on the line. Dude, what's his last name? Van Gansen. Oh. Wasn't he in Leonard Skinner? Hello. Hello. Hi, George. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Yeah. Why is it that I always forget iTunes every single time? Why is it? Because your subconscious says, fuck iTunes. Wow.
we just went from PG to R, dude. Explicit. Actually, actually, no, you can get away with one F bomb in in a. That would make PG-13. it PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't download iTunes. Hold on a sec. Yeah, like uh, mommy dearest. That was PG. Mm. She cursed. She said that she dropped the F bomb. All right. Ooh. Is this a new podcast? Hmm. I might have to check this one out. Which one's that? The Divided States of Women. One is a liberal and one is a conservative. And it just started. Hmm. Um. Shoot. Let me go to ours, though. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Dude, this RC Heli Hangout team is growing. Yeah, see somebody else just joined? Yeah. He has developers in Germany, but I believe he's in oh, Hong, Hong Kong, Kong or Damn. like Southeast Asia. That's why he's he's you know, he's exactly twelve hours um difference in us. So okay. right now it's Wednesday. He's in the future. Oh, he's in the future. He's in the future. It's eight eight fifty in the morning on Wednesday. Marty. <laughs> roads where we are going. We don't need roads. 